Are you struggling to get your project off the ground? Is the term research a dirty word? Need help finding more resources? Hello, everybody. I am Nadine Rosenblum with the Center for Nursing Inquiry. I am here on our podcast today talking with Maddie Whalen about publication email spam. Hi, Nadine. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am very well. Thank you. Thanks for um, taking some time to chat with me today. Um, we're going to talk about, I have some questions for you about spam email from journals about publication. What do you know about them? So this is a really common thing. I've probably gotten hundreds of these emails and that usually happens right after you publish. So you have published an article and it's really exciting. And then all of a sudden you start to get dozens of emails into your inbox asking you to publish new articles. Um, and while it seems exciting in the beginning, there are definitely some problems with these emails. Uh, many of the times they're actually coming from journals that are contacting you because they are for-profit journals. So they are trying to solicit submissions from you so that they can later charge a what they call an article processing charge. So it's a way for them to make money. Um, and they also are, don't necessarily have a peer review or a very robust peer review process to make sure that those articles are really rigorous and deserving of publishing. Wow, that sounds like something that I don't want to get involved with. How can I tell the difference between a, a real journal article invitation request versus a spam? Email? That's a really great question. Great question, because of course we don't want to miss a real request from a journal to submit our work, um, because that's always a really flattering and great opportunity. So there's usually a couple of things you can keep an eye out for that might signal that it's actually more of a spam email from a not, not a reputable source versus a very well-known peer-reviewed journal. So one of the first things is that they tend to be very praising or complimentary of your work. So they'll start with a lot of things like, dear esteemed colleague, um, we have been so impressed by the impact of your work, of your research, um, of your manuscript. So they tend to sort of butter you up a little bit to make you interested in um, participating in their process. Um, they also will sometimes have this sort of sense of urgency saying we're, you know, finalizing our March um, publication. We need to hear back from you as soon as possible. And so they're really trying to engage you and make you make a quick decision to respond to them or to submit something. I've also noticed that they can be a little tricky sometimes where they will use the term RE uh, colon, um, meaning regarding or responding to in the subject line. So it actually, if you look at it quickly, it might almost look like you had already started a conversation with them. And in fact, it's the first email they've sent you, but it's sort of a way to make your brain think, oh, I maybe this is just a continuation of something we've already done. So that's another sort of hint on there. And I've seen that, you know, spam emails in general, not just for this publication spams. The other big thing I've noticed is that a lot of times they'll spell my name wrong or they'll sort of mix up the order of my name. So my full name is Madeline Michael Whalen. I'm a nurse. And so I have gotten emails to dear Dr. Madeline, dear Whalen Maddie, dear Michael Whalen Maddie, just sort of a mashup of, the, of my three names. So that's usually a big hint that they don't really know who you are. They're just sort of sending out a blast and hoping that it'll land somewhere. And then finally, I've also gotten plenty of them that are far outside my area of expertise. I've gotten them asking for microbiology, nanotechnology, 
um, other sort of obscure scientific fields that I in no way have any expertise in and would not be a good candidate to submit something to. Wow, those are some amazing, excellent tips for parsing out spam from true emails. Thank you. So what happens if I do get an email that looks like it might be from an authentic journal, but I'm not really sure? So that's again a super good question. I mean, it because journals do occasionally have solicited submissions in which they will reach out to you. So it's not necessarily all spam and not something you necessarily want to delete every single time. But I would definitely, if it's not a journal name that you readily recognize, I would definitely recommend that you do a little bit of uh, due diligence to make sure that you're actually submitting to a reputable journal. So the first thing I do is always just Google it. If it's a journal that comes up and I can see it has an impact factor and it has um, a peer review process, then I feel much more confident that I'm really submitting to a journal that is worthy of a submission. Um, just as an aside, just because a journal doesn't have an impact factor doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a reputable journal. It can take up to 10 years for them to assign an impact factor, but if they have one, it is a good indication that it's a, peer, a good peer-reviewed journal. Uh, the next thing I usually do is um, you can go to something called Beals List. It's spelled B as in boy, E-A-L-L-S-L-I-S-T dot net. And this is a web page that collates all of the predatory journals that people send in. So if you go to that website, you can type in the journal into their database and it'll let you know if it's on their list of predatory journals. Um, it's also helpful on there because they have a little bit more of a definition of what a predatory journal is. There actually isn't a well-established um, agreed upon definition. But again, there's those sort of those um, <clears throat> characteristics like articles processing charges, no peer review process, very um, obscure process in actually getting the journals, getting the articles through the through their publication system, things like that that might indicate that it's not where you want to be submitting your article. Um, and then finally, I just delete them. I had I was trying really hard for a long time to unsubscribe and do things like that. But eventually I just, I had to sort of give in and I just delete them. They, the other thing that happens a lot with these are that you get a read receipt prompt. So it'll ask, say that the person who sent it would like a read receipt, would you like to send it to them? And they do that partly to make sure that your email is actually active and you're checking it. So I always click no, um, because I think that that actually might spawn more emails. So I don't send a read receipt and I just delete them as soon as they come in. Well, that sounds like a lot of good advice and a lot to think about. Is there anything else that you think we should know about those spam emails? Um, just that your publishing is amazing and you should be super proud of it. And then you want to make sure that when those start to come in, it doesn't discourage you. If you ever get an email and you're not quite sure if it's reputable or not, you're more than welcome to reach out to us at the Center for Nursing Inquiry. You can um, reach us by email at nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu. And we are more than happy to take a look and weigh in and let you know what we think some next steps might be. That sounds like a great way to wrap up this chat. Maddie, thank you for spending some time talking with us about spam email from journals. Thanks, Nadine. Bye.